Welcome everyone to this week's really big fan pod. I am your host Chizuk. I'm joined by acronym Spooky Hello. <laughs> That's right. It's our first show of October. Yes. So uh, yeah, expect uh, expect nothing but spooky. Yep. For the next four weeks. Yep. <laughs> this this is my Christmas. It it kind of is. Yeah. Uh, Justin, friend of the show, is yes. obsessed with Christmas. Loves Christmas. We gotta have him on in December. No. To the point of him just being like. It's Christmas yeah. about everything, exactly. and I absolutely can't stand Christmas. <laughs> but Halloween, why is why why when did you become so attached to Halloween? Uh, we'll get into that. Okay, okay, that but, is going to be our first. But first, headlines. That was that was a good transition. See, I'm learning. That was very distracted. Whoop! Just whoop. Here we go. You just pull the rug out. Right I, I am I am learning the art of podcasting from, from the least prepared podcaster. Yeah, but I do all right. Yeah, you do great. <laughs> That's not a dig. It's you are you're always proud of a lack of prep. So I, I feel like I do better under the pressure. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm sure uh people could dispute that. <laughs> Our numbers could dispute that, but I we love the couple that. dozen of you that still love us. That's yeah. fantastic. I honestly think the the most part of it that that is a thing is um, us not getting a guest on time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the part of it I'm the worst at. Yeah, that's that's where I I you know like I need a producer to be like, okay, you're talking to this person at this time. All right, cool. I'll I'll be there. I've been I'll too be busy. There. I just realized you don't have this plugged in. What? Sorry. I thought I plugged everything in. Except the computer. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't plug the computer in the computer. You leave the computer on standby. Yeah, it could it could die at us at any moment. So that's a good. Yeah, just got to make sure. everything else. Yeah, I know. No, no. I wasn't calling you out. All right. I was literally just going, oh, shit, I need to do this before something bad happens. Right. So, okay. All right. And we're back. And we're back. Uh, headlines. Yeah. So let's start with uh, how did you put it? The prisoner exchange. Between WWE and AEW. So last Friday, the news broke that Jade Cargill, former TNT champion of all elite wrestling, uh, has signed a contract with World Wrestling Entertainment and has made her way to the Performance Center to get her ready for a main roster debut. It sounds like she's just leapfrogging over NXT. And the the current rumor is that she's going to be on Monday Night Raw soon. Yeah. So uh, we will get to see what I expected, which will be Jade Cargill versus Nia Jax. Winner is the one who survives. Right. Yeah. Um, Did they just basically bring back Nia Jax to hurt Jade Cargill the way Jade Cargill probably hurt her other opponents? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think that she should be just elevated to the main roster. I agree. The reason we call this a prison exchange, though, is because... Edge has now debuted in W or in uh, AEW. Yes, he was at the end of as, All Elite Wrestling's uh, Wrestle Dream. Yep, as Adam Sunday. Copeland, the Rated R Superstar. <laughs> That's how you gotta say it. You think you know him, which I found out is Beth saying that this time around. I figured it was. Yes. I, where did you see that? Uh, I saw it just on an article. I forget what excellent uh, outlet it was. But what I'm imagining, and if you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, you will understand where this is coming from. I'm imagining them having two sides standing in the middle of the island in the middle of the ocean. They have Jade Cargill on one side, and they have Edge on the other. And then they shove them forward, and the other two have to 
cross paths with each other in order to make it to the other side. Right. And that's how that change happened. Because there's no way that WWE would have let Edge go. Obviously, he had a contract is up. Yeah. And he decided not to resign and he wanted to go over to be with Christian Cage. But I'm just imagining a prisoner exchange because I think it's funnier. So uh, he talked to CBS Sports, Adam Copeland did. Yes. Uh, and said as he got closer to the end of the deal, retirement was a very real option. Um, and he thought, man, WWE gave me that night with Sheamus where it was like kind of my send off. And, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know how I can top that. And then obviously he's friends with the guys in FTR. And he started talking to them and thinking about like all the people that he could either have great matches with that he's talked to before, like Christian, mm-hmm. um, or people he has never gotten to wrestle. Guys like Darby Allen and, mm-hmm. and you know MJF and stuff. And he was like, "Man, if I can do that." And this is the funny part because it's the exact same thing Brian Danielson said for years. I could go wrestle in New Japan. I've never wrestled in New Japan. I'd kind of like to, yeah, kind of thing. And it's so funny that like so many ex WWE guys like that's the that's the the final nail in the coffin. That's the that's the bottom line is yeah. like, oh, you mean I can go wrestle wherever I want and you're not going to get pissed about it? Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm and, in. And there's a draw of it, I think, too, because I think there was something that I read that was saying that he had mentioned that, you know, wanting to have that end with Christian. Yeah, that's what uh, he he said that he had been talking to Beth and she's like, what's your what's your perfect world? And he's like, oh, in a perfect world, I'd like to end my career with Jay, which yeah. is Christian's given name. Yes. He's not actually called Christian, but. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so he came out at the end and Christian was just standing in the ring staring at him aghast. Yeah, oh, of course. And many people were like, oh my God, he got to use Metalingus. I'm pretty sure he's just friends with Alter Bridge and he can take that wherever he wants. He has actually said in interviews that he yes. he called the guys in Alter Bridge and they were like, what? It's yours. Yeah. Like, it's, it's yours. It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's your song, dude. Like, right. you, you do you. <laughs> yeah, I figured that that was the case because I think there was a clip years ago. He was on stage with them during them playing it once or sure. something. I feel like I've seen that. So it, it would have been cool, it would have been super hot, though, if he to come back to Rob Zombie's never going to stop. I mean, that could be cool. And that could be a pay-per-view thing, maybe. Yeah. Tony's done that before. Oh, yeah. He's given out for one night. Yeah. He's given Brian Danielson the final countdown a few times. Yeah. I guess he didn't have it on Sunday. I didn't watch Sunday. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was. We, we typically we go over Erica's for that. And I was just not not up to it yeah it's weird because the last week we we did the show and you were kind of the weather this week you i think you're feeling better and i'm the one that's kind of sniffly yeah <laughs> yeah i got you more pineapple juice today oh so. oh show's over i'm getting pineapple juice <laughs> i can't wait to get pineapple juice in case anybody is feeling the cramping of of sickness lately here's a tip for you yes get pineapple juice get some honey get some cinnamon I learned this from a stripper I knew. <laughs> and you if you put it in a cup, you put the pineapple juice in the cup, you drizzle the honey in there, throw some cinnamon on top, mix it all together, and drink that stuff a couple times throughout your sickness, and it helps. We should, uh, like she didn't patent that, we should officially <laughs> put that into the world as really big fan pod juice. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> But it, it does help with your throats. And it tastes good. If you're having throat issues, that's 
That's my suggestion. Especially when you're taking something like NyQuil that cannot taste good. Yeah. Well, I, I spend so much, many years of my life uninsured. Yeah. I had to find ways to uh, cure my sickness with sure. a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> no Z-Packs for me, man. I can't wait to have some RBFP juice. <laughs> It's not going to be like the high C Acto Cooler, I hate to tell you. No, unfortunately, it's not. <laughs> we do what we can. Yes. Um, speaking of professional wrestlers, I just saw this article on Kotaku. A headline reads, WWE's Randy Orton paid someone $1,000 to level up his Elden Ring character. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. So, Learnedly. in a recent broadcast from the Insiders, behind-the-scenes wrestling live stream Twitch, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of wrestlers. Mansoor was one of them, and Brennan Williams. And oh, he was Mace. <laughs> so Mace and Mansoor, who just got released, revealed that Orton once approached them before an episode of Raw to tell them how much he enjoys playing uh, Elden Ring, and then also revealed that uh, he hated leveling up, but he enjoyed playing the game. So he just paid someone else a thousand dollars to level his character for him. <laughs> So he could get to the good part where he gets the beat ass. Oh, jeez. That's great. <laughs> I love that. That's, I mean, that's working smarter, not harder. To err on the side of our spooky vein, uh-huh. I saw something today online, not an article or anything. It was more meme-based. But somebody noted that if you flip the graphic for the Saw movie uh-huh. upside down, it spells Christmas for Saw 10. It's got the X. Oh, it does. X, M, W, S. Yeah. So that is something. Uh, I will be memeing that shortly. How did they not make this particular Saw movie a Christmas movie? They should have. Yeah. I really... Like when it's right there, Mm -hmm. that absolutely should have. Well, they may have not known or thought about that as a design component, but now I need to Photoshop a Santa hat on Jigsaw. Yeah. So... It's a thing. I can just flip it around. Mm-hmm. So it says Xmas. Uh, so Microsoft has what's called Bing AI now, where you can type into it anything you want. And if it doesn't exist, AI will make it exist. Oh, Lord. And, it's dangerous. Um, somebody typed in uh, Nintendo Kirby 911, and there's a bunch of photos of Kirby with like the Twin Towers, including one of two Kirbys in a plane uh, cockpit that is... Obviously flying at the Twin Towers. It is not good. Oh, that's that's some wild stuff. And once again, 9-11 has made it onto this podcast. Are we, are we, we're, we're running a streak, aren't we? We, we kind of are. 9-11 <laughs> it, stuff. it wasn't on every single episode, but this is another one. That it It's weird because it's happened more than twice. That's all I'm saying. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. I, you did send me uh, AI running rampant, though, with um, Facebook icons. That was the other Facebook thing. stickers are now also AI, and someone gave Luigi a chainsaw. It wasn't. I thought it was a machine gun. No, I thought they were like Luigi machine gun. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was that. Um, there was that one, and then there was. Let me look. Hold on. There was a couple other ones. Yeah, they were all funny. One of them was like lumberjack. Uh, I think it was like lumberjack with a chainsaw. And the fourth one has breasts. Uh, yeah. It's, they did uh, Justin Trudeau with his butt. Yep, that was one of them. Karl Marx with large breasts. That was it. Karl Marx large breasts. Yeah. <laughs> Child soldier. Child soldier, yeah. Which is disturbing. And then Waluigi rifle. 
Yeah. Uh, one of them was... We, was just Luigi. But Waluigi with a rifle. That is not someone that you want to have a gun. Waluigi? Yeah. I feel like he would surprise you. No, you just shoot people and then be like, wow, they cheated. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was funny. What's your next news post? Uh, my next news post is uh, also about Nintendo. It says that uh, they just actually sent out a tweet yesterday saying that they will stop supporting the Wii U and the 3DS online as of next April. A, the Wii U was the newer one, wasn't it? The Wii U was the second Wii that came with the little, the the basically a Switch. Uh, but it, yeah. you couldn't play it out of range of the machine. Yes. So, um... I'm not really shocked by that, honestly, because I don't feel like... The 3DS is the one that's a little bit more shocking mm-hmm. because, I mean, it has existed for a long time. And at this point, it's like they're, they've merged their portable and their home system with the Switch. Like, they haven't right. bothered to come up with a new DS or Game Boy or anything because, like, the Switch is portable. Yeah, no, the Switch is definitely the, the better system. Yeah. It's probably, honestly, I feel like it's one of the best systems Nintendo has ever made in general, so... I, I I would not disagree with that. Yeah, I would like it. The fact that it is that it basically merges both their portability and their you know the regular Nintendo thing. Right. That they that they do is is very cool, and I love my I love our Switch. We that's why we have two. Yeah, I know there's some stuff where it's like when they they pull the support on it, and you're like, oh man, but yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. There's no upset. Yeah, well, you don't have a 3DS or a Wii U either. <laughs> but I didn't even like the 3DS, and then the Wii U, like, is a joke. So I do. I got rid of my 2DS uh, earlier in the year, and it's one of those things that, like, when I have the money again, I think I will get another one, of, whether it's a 3DS or a 2DS. Like, uh, Telka had got me the 2DS, just like she got me the, the play date. Yeah. Um, we talked about last week, and, and like... I, I had her get me the 2D one because I didn't th- anticipate ever needing the 3D one. It was like $100 cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense. Uh, like, yeah, I want to play games on this, but I am never, ever going to be concerned if my games are in 3D. If I was going to buy anything, I'd buy a Game Boy just for the novelty. You want a Game Boy Color, right? No, because I had the original. I didn't have- Did you have the, the brick? Yeah. I just brick? had the, not the big one. No, you had, had the tiny one. I just had the pocket black. Yeah. Um, and that was fine with me. If I could get that with Pokemon Yellow and Frogger <laughs> and then Mulan, I'd begin. That was I w- that was my next question. Yeah. Is what are the games that you played on at yeah, all? Mulan much? was really funny because there was almost like a Frogger-like component to it uh, during the part where she goes to take the bath in the water and you have to swim away from the other guys that are also naked in the water. Or so they'll notice your boobies. <laughs> and it was really funny. Uh, to the point of my friend Colleen uh, wrote in my yearbook, uh, running away from naked swimmers because that that was a game that we used to play all the time. So Fun. yeah, well, let me write that down for Christmas. <laughs> While we're here, we're gonna we're gonna take a request. <laughs> Kevin James memes are way out of control. Esquire says so. I'm looking this up on the fly. For this Dr. is GTC. This is true because I don't remember which one you shared with me, but I think it was last weekend that I was like, I have seen Kevin James that one picture. Of Kevin James three times today, and I don't know why. It has got a, It has gotten out of control. Somebody has photoshopped large knockers on them. Oh yeah, that that's the that's the and, funny one. And uh, Somebody, I think Photoshop Juggalo makeup on him. Yeah. 
Well, uh, Jacob Guyampa keeps threatening to change our group chat photo to that picture of Kevin James with the massive tits. And I'm like, I open this group chat in public. We're not doing that. <laughs> but the, the title of our group now has boob in it because of this. Ah. So it, according to Esquire, this photo is from the set of King of Queens where he's looking sheepish. Yes. And so it's like you can practically hear him thinking, who, me? Right, that's what that's what the photo implies. Yes, exactly. And so Twitter and everywhere else is obsessed with it to the point of it's been memefied. But it says, though the exact origins of the picture are unknown, um, it's been... Uh, let's see. After his picture went viral, he posted the own take on the joke to promote his latest project of him. So happy I found this headshot. And it's got him with his hands in his pockets and stuff like that. Right. But there's no real explanation as to why this happened. Like, we don't know why it blew up. I think. don't know where it came from. I think somebody did something with the internet and posted it and somehow it exploded. Because nobody knows why, at least from what I'm seeing. I think we as a society didn't know this photo existed until last week. Yeah, I don't think so. But it's like it randomly cropped up and um, it's now people are just calling him king of memes instead of king of queens. Right. So there's that. But every article I look at, nobody knows why this is happening. (laughs) It's just a viral meme and and no one knows. I'm like, yeah, I literally can't find a reason so i don't know either right it's just everywhere and we're all forced to look at it eh, it could be worse yeah could be adam sandler i i think by um i mean that's already happened <laughs> uh there is a a tiktok of a lesbian saying okay i'm going to show you pictures of an outfit with you can't see the face and you have to tell me lesbian or adam sandler <laughs> And it goes on for a good <laughs> solid minute, and it is absolutely amazing. Adam Sandler does wear a lot of flannel shirts. Yeah, it's the flannel shirts and the um the gym shorts. Yeah, thing and like the baggy t shirts and stuff like that. And sometimes it, it definitely crosses. Over. Find me a lesbian that goes. <laughs> I, there's, I'm sure there's one out there somewhere. <laughs> Let's be honest. I know there's another one that's circulating too, and I'm trying to find it. But one of the basketball players, I don't know his name, he came out with his hair flat ironed to the press conference and said something about being emo. Mm. And now people are also memeing that guy, and they're putting bands. Like, but switching their names to make it sound like basketball stuff. Okay. Yeah, ball out boy. Ball out boy. <laughs> uh, there was so many different ones. I'm like, I'm so not prepared today, but I'm looking for it right now. Right. Well, that's the that's the joy of the show. Sometimes we're not prepared, and it gets better for not being prepared. I mean, when you listen to it on the podcast, a lot of the dead space we do tend to trim out. So just bear with me here. Yeah, Miami Heat's Jimmy Butler showed up to the media today and announced, "I'm emo." So that's that's the photo. <laughs> that's the photo. If you could, that's see that, that Photoshop. Nope. Add that hair. He just nope. Did that. He just did that, and so the internet has called him things like Jimmy Heat World, <laughs> Ball Out Boy. Ball Out Boy is good. Doctor Dennis. Heat, Heat what? All right. Pete Fair. Fair. 
<laughs> Absolutely no one. Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, all right. Um, Panic at the free throw. That's a, that's great. And then using lyrics from a song going, because tonight will be the night that I will ball for you. <sighs> Cut my contract into pieces. Dame was my last resort. Like, Notre Dame. Did you see? I thought it was a, I thought it was a parody article, but uh, Jacoby Shattuck said the next Papa Roach album is going to be death metal. I don't want to talk about Jacoby Shaddix. This man, like, that man's legal born given name is Jacoby Shaddix. I trust nothing. <laughs> He's also very tan. Who are his, who, where are his parents? I don't know. <laughs> they have bad taste. <laughs> that man is also tanner than Nick Nemeth. He's very tan. Uh, <laughs> He's extremely tan. Also, uh, I, I was looking, I got a Facebook ad today and you almost lost me. Hmm. You almost lost me. Doctor Who magic cards come out next week. Oh, goodness. And I was like, oh, my God. Doctor Who magic the gathering cards. Like we talked about, they just did Lord of the Rings this past yeah. summer. And they yeah. did the cool thing where like they, were, they printed one of the one ring mm-hmm. and it sold. I th- I, I want to say it was uh, Post Malone bought it. Not tracked. For about like the thousands, if not a million dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. There is not a special card to the Doctor Who set, but they come in what's called commander decks, which are like hundred card decks. Um, and they're made to be based around a specific doctor and they're making four decks. They're making one deck that has the uh, ninth, tenth, and eleventh doctor, which is probably gonna be the most popular because that's yep. David Tennant and Matt Smith seasons yes uh they've got one that have um peter capaldi and the jody whittaker doctor mm-hmm. as a set they've got one that's the villains so it's got the master and everything in it yeah and then they have one that all the classic doctors are in oh nice uh the problem is each of these hundred card decks are 70 dollars a piece well i mean people that play magic tend to have money or live at home okay i'm gonna become an old man here for a second but when I was playing Magic, a starter deck was ten bucks. Yeah, but this is a collector deck, and it's themed and licensed and all that stuff. It's it's an unfortunate reality. It's like when they release makeup palettes for hard out or something, and it's too it's so expensive because of the licensing fee. No, hard out. Yeah, hard out. I I'm certainly like, um, you know, I I I I seeing paychecks that are larger than any paycheck I've ever I've seen in my entire life. With this new job, but seventy dollars for magic cards? No, thank you. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with either way. I'm never going to buy magic cards, but no. But the other problem is that the minute that you buy this, who the hell is playing this with you? Well, I have no. Magic? I have. I, that's why I say you nearly lost me because I would have to get back into the, uh, you know, the the game people that I know slash knew yeah. when I worked at a game store. To, to, you know, to even play these cards. But I was like, oh, Doctor Who Magic Gathering cards. And I saw a couple of them and I was like, oh, it's cool how they how they incorporated the personality of the Doctor into this card. That's kind of cool. And then I started looking them up on Amazon. I'm like, $70? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> uh, too much of our hobbies are expensive. Yeah. No, it's I'm hard out. Hard out. I'm glad they exist. That's awesome. Uh, bring your prices down. That's uncalled for. No, thank you. I guess since I've made this a thing, I should probably mention the Taylor Swift beat for today. Okay. You're you're so excited to do this. So excited to do this. (laughs) So excited, in fact, that Faceless Tony has sent me a message saying that we need to have a t-shirt that says Taylor Swift listens to our podcast. 
I feel like I mean, it would be a licensing issue and she would come after us. We, we can't prove that she doesn't. I mean, we can't. We really can't. Um, we, we just got to get her boyfriend into it. <laughs> I don't even know what this man's first name is as I'm sitting here thinking about it. Joe football player. It's some football player. Last name is Kels or Kelsey. Not entirely sure. Quarterback Kelsey. But the the NFL is so obsessed that now they keep talking about her in the middle of the games. She's going to the games. This time, yep. she went to the game with Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds. Somebody else was there. I'm blanking on who it was. But it's becoming this big thing now where you're scrolling Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or wherever you get your news. And it's like, oh, he's heads over hill. Heels about her. She's not really sure. She just wants to have fun. All this other stuff. And it's just. Yeah, I am with the I am totally with the people that are about football saying, why do we have to hear about this? Uh, Taylor Swift has come to say football. At this point, I feel bad for Usher because she's getting more play than he is, and he's the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime person. And they're talking more about her than they are about him doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Dr. GTC in our chat, too, mentioned that I did see the picture where they had Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds uh, and somebody else that we know is in Deadpool 3 were all at a game with Taylor Swift. Ah, uh, yeah. So now the rumor is, like, is Taylor Swift in Deadpool 3? <laughs> Yeah, which was another thing I meant to send you. So there's a guy that does a bunch of different graphic designs. He used to just do them, and then he started working for Marvel and stuff like that. Um, he took one of the Eras Tour pictures and turned her into Dazzler. Yeah, that was that was the one I'd heard. Is that she was yes. be that? Which is funny because when they did the, I want to say it was the second X Men First Class movie, or no, it's the Dark Phoenix movie. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they're all kind of in the forest, all the kids, and they're hanging out, and Dazzler is there, mm. and the rumor was that it was going to be Taylor Swift, and it ended up being this completely other, uh, smaller pop star that's actually done a video as Dazzler before, as yeah. Allison Blair, gotcha. which is cute yeah. and, and way cooler, but also much like getting, um, what's her face from The Hunger Games to be Mystique, yep. like, do you imagine what it would have done to to X-Men well, a death to have Taylor now Swift is it, in a cameo as Dazzler. If Marvel could bag Taylor Swift as a cameo, yeah. that movie's going to be the biggest selling movie of all time. Right, because all the Taylor Swift fans. All are... the Taylor Swift fans. There are literally bakeries that are making cookies in the colors of this man's team that say, go Taylor's boyfriend on them. <laughs> Like it is, it is excessive at this point. He his followers went up like three hundred million. His jerseys are selling like hotcakes. Yeah. Uh, anything involving the team is now just and like I don't even know if they're a good team. That's the funny part. Like I don't even know if they're actually. This is not a, a sports team. household. This is not a sports household. We've had that conversation that the minute somebody starts talking to you about sports at school, you're going to be like, I got nothing. I don't know. So I don't know. So this is the only thing I can offer you is info about Taylor Swift. All right. And that concludes the Taylor Taylor Swift beat that I have accidentally pigeonholed myself into this week. That's where Magic the Gathering needs to go. Taylor Swift. They could charge $70 for a Taylor Swift commander deck. I mean, honestly, Swifties would be in. So if you don't watch videos and obviously since I haven't been uploading videos, but this hasn't changed behind us. Right. So I have all these tarot cards, right? Who, who 
probably hasn't made a Taylor Swift tarot card deck yet. Like you would. That's got gangbusters. If I could draw, oh my god, we'd be fine. That's gotta exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just punch it in. Well, see, it all comes for Soki. You punch it into the Bing AI. Taylor Swift tarot cards. I refuse to use it. I am. No, I, I don't use it on your album covers. Don't use it on your artwork. Don't use it. <laughs> well, that's going to conclude our headlines. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get spooky and talk about uh, your favorite season of all time. That is the spooky season of Halloween. Spooky, 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 spooky dance, spooky dance. <laughs> Am I driving? Take it away. It's spooky season up in the Cooper Bean household. It is. We could totally hyphenate that and make a super name. Cooper Bean. Cooper Bean. Cooper Bean. Does it, it's, is, it, is Cooper Bean better or is Bean Cooper better? Cooper Bean. Cooper Bean is better. And unfortunately, All right. I'm legally just going to go with your last name. It's fine. I, sure. My bloodline can die. <laughs> and, and given that I am a spooky person in a spooky bitch we are going to talk about how obsessed i am with halloween because i neglected to get a guest for us this week (laughs) (laughs) well it's not it's not entirely your fault well i so we've had your friends a lot yeah and i really should be holding up my bargain but i am also a mess right now because i took on two jobs yeah look planning a festival at the same for those that don't know uh, I have uh, changed job positions, which has put me in a 40-hour-a-week job, which is good. Um, it's not a bad thing, um, but that also means that uh, you have taken over my previous job that I absolutely adored, and you were getting your feet under you and figuring that out. And then on top of that, you finally got a call back for another place that will allow you to not only provide content for your website, but content for them Correct. By shooting uh, some concerts. Yes. And then, yeah, you're 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 getting fight two five on. So yeah. By the way, once again, another name drop of faceless Tony just sent me a text one day that said, "Fight you, fight you five. No, stop." So I decided because theater bazaar wasn't happening, and there were a bunch of other things that I'm throwing another found in the underground show. And the reason that this ties into what we're talking about today is that I have always, always, always wanted this to be a Halloween show. Day one, this was meant to be a Halloween thing. Why? Because I love Halloween so much. Why do you love Halloween so much? Because I'm spooky inside and I feel like there's a draw in my soul that's just like, I like the macabre. This is why I have... It's not the reason because I obviously found Kylo, but like I have a black cat and it's like my favorite thing because it's spooky. Yeah. And in much of the, you know, Halloween season and literature and things like that, black cats are your familiar. And so Kylo is my familiar. Right. However non-magical I am. And uh, I've always gravitated towards the dark. We've even talked about this before where like every... Even the Marvel stuff that I like or DC stuff, it's always the anti-hero. It's always the dark. I'm just a spooky bitch. But then, like, we we enjoyed Werewolf by Night, but it didn't immediately become your favorite thing. Because I, I really liked it, though, and I'm yeah. going to watch it, in, like, this season. I mean, you bounced right off Morbius. Well, that was just because Matt Smith dancing shirtless. <laughs> there was nothing that was going to redeem that along with the... I, I mean, honestly... 
Morbius, I would watch again just because it was so bad. Oh, yeah. That it, it's funny at this point. It's absolutely a, a hilarious The, the thing of, like, get me the blood, and he's just like, yeah, I'll get you the blood. And, yep. and like, we were... <laughs> Nobody asks any questions. Nope, not a thing. But to kind of rein it in a little bit so I don't just sound like I'm babbling, I from the time that I watched Nightmare Before Christmas when I was a kid, which was immediately returned to the store because it was apparently too graphic to have a shrunken head with a child Um, I really always liked creepy shit i went through that phase that many of us do when you are a preteen girl where you think that you could be a witch yeah you're either a horse girl you're a witch girl yep is that what it is neither the witch girl yep and so it was watching practical magic having a diary with a lock on it that was my spell book did you ever see the craft yeah i i know i've seen it once but i really don't remember it it was so long ago i was like eight so, but it's uh, not only uh, a witchy movie, but also a, a lesbian awakening for many a oh, yes, yes. young young woman. Exactly, and um, you know the, the even things that weren't inherently Halloween based, like Jawbreaker and things like that, where there was like murders and stuff. You'd think I'd be more into horror movies than that's, I am. That's the thing that's wild to me is that you don't live on like a a. a a steady diet of horror movies. No, I like I, I could be seeing a new horror movie every night if if you were you were you know constantly mainlining horror movies. But that's not how you. No, it's just spooky. No, you're. I'm you're not spooky. really like. Uh, I don't like this. Like we talked with Alex. I don't like Saw. Like she keeps trying to force me to watch them. Nah, nah, nah. Um, I don't like anything like that necessarily, but I I enjoy zombie movies. But like like zombie comedy, like Shaun of the Dead is one of my favorites. Sure. Like if I had to come up with a list of like fifty movies that I love, Shaun of the Dead is definitely on. Well, we already have a movie podcast, so sorry. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Like, you know, the- don't you be trying to take the movie podcast. No. You talked to Mike, didn't you? And he wants you no. to take the movie podcast over so he doesn't have to fight me over the departed being at the we bottom of the list. There's a group chat of the three of us. And that is the only time I talk to Mike. So you've seen <laughs> all the correspondence that I've had with Mike. Secret um, DMs. But like, I loved, obviously, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, that is a Halloween movie to me. I will still watch it around Christmas, but I will maintain it's a Halloween movie. Um, everything with Stranger Things is kind of like spooky. And spooky. Stranger Things is certainly spooky. Even things that aren't necessarily like part of the supernatural, like things like Collateral. I love things that are suspense based. Sure. And so when you there's certain things like Constantine that I'd never seen that I watched and I love, mm. and you know certain movies like Devil's Advocate that I've also never seen that I did really like. Two fantastic Keanu Reeves movies. Exactly. Um, we got what we do in the shadows, comedic versions we, of spooky vampire things. We just watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. They go to hell. Yeah. That's kind of spooky. I mean, but that's they not- take on death and Twister. I guess, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't qualify that as a Halloween movie either. But, like, it's still, you know, those types of themes are interesting to me. Like, when I said today, I was like, are we doing an episode today? And then we were trying to figure out, like, what are we talking about? And I was like, well, we could talk about Over the Garden Wall, which is 
uh, a newer favorite that we discovered over sure. the last year or two. What, was that like two or three years ago when we watched that? I want to say, yeah, it, we watched it for the first time about three years ago, but I think it's existed for somewhere to like five and six years. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a special Cartoon Network thing where they played, uh, I think there's only five episodes or so, and they played it. More than that. Is, they played it over a week or two, mm-hmm. um, and it was a special fall thing, and it's... Uh, it's everything fall. It's pumpkins and the leaves changing colors and mm-hmm. and definitely uh, supernatural. There's stuff supernatural, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff going on in there, and it's it's fun. There's a Wendigo. There's a there's a frog named what is it? Benjamin Franklin. Well, his name changes so many times. <laughs> in that episode, he was Wirt Junior that I had on earlier. Right. Um. But there were there's so many different like it's like an anthology like it's following a story but it's also every episode is like a different weird adventure. every episode is its own chapter exactly and so that that makes it fun and it's kid friendly ish within its own ways it's one of those cartoons that they they've gotten really good at making cartoons that are fun enough for kids but have enough for the adults that are probably going to be forced to watch them with the kids that it's like oh this is interesting yeah i, I tend to refer to like steven universe transformers prime mm-hmm. the teenage mutant ninja turtles 2012 cartoon are all very good examples of stuff that like as an adult i got really into right and because i was like this is they, they figured out the formula they figured out that if you make the cartoon interesting, the story interesting, the kids might not pick that up, but the adults will. Right. And they it'll be less like hell for them to have to watch it a million times because the kid likes it. Well, and it's like, if you think about it, too, some of the things that I consumed when I was younger, I mean, I watched a lot of Disney programming, like in terms of not like the TV shows and stuff, but like all the movies, it was all magical based. You know, for the most that's part, true. a lot of Disney films like Beauty and the Beast and all that stuff are magic based. Um, you've got, you know, even the music that I've always listened to has been more dark. It's been more like the emo stuff going through that. Having those things. I've never actually identified myself as a goth because I'm not like Robert Smith, the cure goth. Right. It's it's nothing like that. It's more like my chemical romance goth <laughs> and so those are completely different things if i'm being honest here but then you're talking going into urban exploring situations where i'm like in abandoned churches yep. in abandoned schools like finding artifacts and stuff messing around with that side of things i feel like all of that is really inherent to the fact that i like spooky shit have you ever gone, I think, I think I know the answer to this, but have you ever gone, when when you used to go into abandoned stuff all the time, have you ever gone into an abandoned building you know was haunted? I mean, technically, if you count Eloise, yeah. it, I felt like there was only one room in Eloise where I got kind of weirded yeah. out. Like, I'm not saying, did you see evidence of the supernatural? No, but like, I'm, I'm sure if you had, I'd, I'd know about it. Well, here's the thing is that there there have been certain things, and I don't mean to sound crazy, so don't, don't think I'm nuts by saying this, but there have been certain instances where I've been in places where I felt like I wasn't alone. Okay. And, like, it used to happen when I was a kid. I think I've told you about some of my nightmares. I won't go into those where, like, sure. I had, like, actual things happen to me during nightmares where there was, like, physical evidence on me when I woke up, you know, that sort of thing. There was times where my mom had told me that dead relatives had told me something to tell her, and I was, like, two, and I was telling her. Oh, wow. There's been, like, little things here and there that there was some attachment, but 
there are certain places where I walked into certain rooms and I felt kind of weird about stuff. But it's more of like, I don't feel like I'm in danger when those things happen. I'm just like, okay, I know I'm not alone. There is something else in here, even though I can't see it. There was one church in particular. It's the predator. (laughs) Right? (laughs) There's one church in particular that I took two people to. Um, It was a model and a makeup artist. And the makeup artist that we had with us was someone whose grandmother claims to be a medium. Okay. So she said that she kind of tends to feel things as well. When I took her there, she immediately started freaking out. Mm. And with me, anytime I've ever been there, I'd been there so many times, it had never bothered me. But, but I felt it, like something was there. It, it was a place you'd been before where you're like, I'm not, I'm not, there's something else here. Exactly. And I never told her. And so when I took her there, she started freaking out and felt really uncomfortable. Well, that was kind of mean. Well, I maybe should have given her a heads up. I didn't think it was that gonna be a thing. Like I didn't, I I always, how do I say this? For me, I feel like I ridicule myself by having those situations where I'm like, yeah, you're probably just overthinking it. But that more so confirmed to me that what I was feeling was accurate because she got weird about it, and she was like. I, I don't know about this. And I was like, nothing has ever happened to me in here before. As long as you don't freak out, it's not going to freak out. You were, it was kind of my headspace. You were very- literally the person in the horror movie that's like, yeah, there's blood over the walls, but it's fine. We'll only be there for five minutes. No, no, no. She, <laughs> she just was like, I don't know. Something feels weird in here. And I was like, listen, I've been in here a million times. If anything was going to attack, it already wouldn't have done it. Right. And so we we made it through the rest of the shoot fine. The model did not care. Um, <laughs> the model actually was the one that had the Ouija board with her oh, that yes. one time. I'm and surprised y'all didn't die. So <laughs> him and his Ouija boards. So with all of that it, to be said, like there are certain times where I walked in and I felt like, okay, something might be weird here. In Eloise, there was only one room I felt like that. And that's really the only like claimed place that I've been that is supposedly haunted. But they cleaned up so much of that building before I went into it. So it did not feel like it when you when you move around objects like that, I don't yeah. know. It, there's not really any um written basis on this, but I feel like if you move around too many objects in an abandoned building, anything that might be there just is like it doesn't recognize it anymore yeah i'm done i don't need to be here and so like for me that that doesn't translate to anything i've listened to on lore or any of these other things but for me i'm like okay well this doesn't feel threatening anymore because you've cleaned all the debris you've thrown things away there's stuff that's here that you know wasn't here before so it's kind of hard to really feel like eloise is still haunted to me right but there's one room in particular where there was it was like a common area and I went into that room and there was a chair sitting in there and when I got it was like a desk and when I got close to it I started to feel funky uh-huh. it was like mm, okay this might be the one yeah face but everywhere else I felt fine and it was just like exploring an abandoned building you know have you have you found yet because this is something I've discovered as I've gotten older have you found that the things that creep you out have changed I mean as you get older and you have more experiences and you have more context for different things? Because I have. I mean, like, I have phobias about weird things now. Like, I never used to be this worried about germs in my life. 
But like, well, yeah, I think that goes for a lot of us. But like certain things, like I don't know, something popped into my head, and then it immediately went out as I was trying to verbalize it. But because um, I used to watch stuff where like people would be committed, or you know, be be in an asylum mm-hmm. or something like that, and I was always like, oh, it's it's the it's the old asylum trope. It's mm-hmm. setting stuff like that, and after after seeing my dad in like a nursing home that stuff got less interesting it it's not that it got less interesting it but it weirds me out more now like it i can relate it to some some pretty bad memories now and i'm like oh that's that shit's a little too real yeah i mean there's definitely some things like if you really dig deep into some of the backgrounds of some of the buildings especially like eloise is a great example where they found the graveyard a couple of years ago, uh-huh. which was like across the street and down or whatever. And it's just hundreds of bones, lovely bodies, just yeah. tons of bodies. And then when you start looking into- What if all those bones go to one body? <laughs> it's just a giant uh, Godzilla-like gestalt skeleton. But then they, if you go on the like the serious pathway too, there are a lot of indigenous people that have been murdered by the church. Oh, sure. Over time. Yeah. And they're finding bones of that in Canada. And it's not crazy in the news because they don't- it to be right but um there's definitely a lot of that that feels a little too real now where like you know when you're a teenager and stuff and it's spooky shit it's like ooh, the great ooh, yeah let's go let's go over to the graveyard and see if we can get scared exactly you know you have that type of interest in it and it, i don't think that that's necessarily my draw to the abandoned buildings it's more of capturing the forgotten that's interesting to mm-hmm. me but there is a difference in an added element because i'm not not really a religious person to each their own if you are but like for me going into an abandoned church is very much a thing with me and my lost religion as well okay in its own way is there a part of you that kind of wonders like if if the congregation is gone and the church is in disarray is, is god still here kind of yeah it's it's got that i've never really thought about it within those terms but that's kind of what it is it's like you know i've i've lost my own way of it and it's not necessarily like not to get too deep into the the whole god thing but like when you see the hypocrisy within the religion it's hard to be a part of it when it's excluding the people that you love and one of those main kickers was obviously the LGBTQ component. Sure. And so me walking away from the hypocrisy of things and moving away from the religious aspect or whatever, when I walk into a church, it's almost like it's a physical representation of how I feel about it. Yeah, I can see that. I was going to say you could also, if you wanted to look on the bright side, when you've taken those pictures of the church, like churches obviously um usually have some some very beautiful uh the architecture or the windows are always uh, stained glass and they have interesting pictures of different uh, scriptures and stuff on them and you look at them even when they're in disarray and there's uh, you can also look at it from the positive mindset of like even even when the thing you love is this dirty mm-hmm. it can still be good yeah you know, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that isn't a, you can overlook how dirty the no, thing is. No, but like even even when it's this bad, mm-hmm. you can still shine light through it. Well, that's the interesting part on art on its own level in general, and then I'll kind of rein it back into what we were talking about. But like, 
I'm looking at one right now. It's sitting across the room. Sure. It fell out of the book. And it's a picture of City Methodist Church in Gary, Indiana. And you can see how, like, the room itself, and I'll have to post this picture, but the room is a complete mess. The roof is all but caved in in some parts, but the stained glass window is still up to a degree with the moldings and stuff. And this is the exact same thing with, like, St. Agnes in Detroit, if you've ever seen photos of that. And it's like when you walk through there, you can kind of feel the place where it was once loved but then lost and then there's still beauty in it regardless of its hollowness and I think that's what I mean by like me losing that sense of religion and stuff like that is looking at it and going you know like there's still godliness and holiness in certain things yep but the hollowness and the disarray is really what people have made religion to be. Right. And so, like, there's that sort of side of it. But I feel like that that even zooms out into a bigger discussion that we don't have to have here. So hopefully I didn't offend anybody by going down there. I would love to see one of those mega churches just retaken by nature. Oh, yeah. It'd be really interesting to see, you know. It's a giant room. I mean, but mega churches, though, don't look as beautiful as that. They, I mean, they still have some fan- fascinating architecture, and I'm I'm wondering that, like, you know, what would I like they, the old. What I like what the they old. look like if they're half demolished. Right. Yeah. No, I just like the old versions because, like, the old stuff have you know all this marble and right. stuff like that. Like, I just want magic mega churches to go away. Well, yeah, really. <laughs> that's what. It comes that's more to. of it. Just if somebody, if if you know, I felt if you know God really wanted to do something, they would just strike down you Joel Steen's church. If you have enough money to make a church that big, <laughs> um, you probably didn't get it through legit means, and you're not spending it correctly in the eyes of the Lord, as far as I'm concerned. So we're going to get back to the spooky stuff before we offend anybody. All right. Okay. Um, So with those things and the spooky natures of which I've connected with certain buildings and on top of just liking the subject medium and liking the macabre and all that other stuff, I've just always been that person. And so Halloween was a really big thing for me. On the flip side, and, and some might be psychological aspect of some things too, is that I had this thought like five years ago. I was like, do you think that maybe some of us love Halloween so much because we can dress up as something we're not for a day and feel what it means to be that? Yeah, and that's entirely possible. And I think there are a lot of people out in the world, and and myself included, back a couple years ago, where I wasn't exactly necessarily happy with the person that I am. And having that free nature and i think that's why a lot of people like cosplay too is that you get to embody something else you get that's what i was gonna say cosplay is basically just taking halloween and making a you know any time of year exactly and you'd think i'd be more into it but it's expensive it is and it takes a lot of you have to time a lot of energy you have to learn to sew and how to put together outfits and as far as i know with some of my other cosplay friends there's a lot of drama in those communities and i'm not about it yeah i'm i'm kind of (laughs) anti-social um that's why we don't have a social person. I'm very antisocial. That's why we don't have a lot of guests on our podcast because neither one of us want to be very social. <laughs> I'm like, I just don't have tons of friends. <laughs> um, but with with all that, I you know, with Halloween movies and stuff, I tend to lean towards things like you know, or you know, TV shows like Over the Garden Wall, or I really like NBC's Hannibal. Um, you tend to go towards the things you are nostalgic for. Yes, you don't look. You don't look for like you don't look for the new experience no whereas i'm definitely and maybe that's 
part of being a video gamer too. I'm always like, okay, this experience is over. Where's the next one? Yeah. And I mean, it's not to say that I'm not open to seeing new things or whatever, but it's just like there are a lot of things that mean a lot to me that I enjoy and I would like to enjoy them over and over again. Sure. And and yes, to some degree, we've questioned if I am slightly autistic. We don't know. But uh, there it hasn't been an official diagnosis. There hasn't been an official diagnosis there, but there are some tendencies and that's one of them of like rewatching things. And they even say from an, like an anxiety perspective, too, that if you know what the outcome of the thing is, that you yeah. feel more comfortable. And that definitely is a thing that I am afflicted with is my anxiety issues. So a lot of that stuff kind of rolls into it as well. But I I tend to like funny things with horror elements, too. That's where the mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead comes in and um, what we do in the shadows and... I think when we saw Renfield, I fucking love yeah. that movie. Like, yeah, it was good stuff. I don't know how much I would rewatch it over and over again, but oh, I would watch- it was hysterical. I, I haven't I haven't seen which streaming service it came to, but uh, I, I think it might have even been Peacock. But like, if you sat me down and said, we're watching Renfield again. Oh, yeah. I'm like, all right. For it, yeah. I'm in. And then if you look at some of the movies that I even physically own, I'm sure that there are some creepy shit up there. Um, yeah, it's funny because when we moved in together- uh, we, you know, like put our movies in the same place and we put our books in the same place and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I, I definitely looked through your movies that you're like, okay, what haven't I seen that I really want to see? Yeah. Kind of thing in there. And like, there's a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen in there, but very, very little bit of stuff like, oh, I got to see that. It's like, right. I, I, you know, I will watch that. Yeah, exactly. I would like to see that guy. We watched Collateral, what, like a month ago? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. it's the first time I'd seen it. I was like, oh, good movie. I right. got that. And I know I've picked up stuff from Disc Replay before, too, where there's um, Double Jeopardy and High Crimes. And yep. those are subs- and it's on our list. It's on the fridge. Yeah. We got to watch it. But, like, that's where it's like I, I'm into suspense thrillers mm-hmm. and I'm into, like, nostalgic Halloween things to a degree. Like, I, I will at least watch Hocus Pocus once. I usually watch... Um, you watch The Crow every Halloween. Yeah, I watch The Crow every Halloween, like, without fail. Then. Or no, Devil's Night. It's not Halloween, it's Devil's Night. Yeah, it's Devil's Night. Um... I Coraline always yep like those are the ones that I, I tend to pull out but that's why I say like Werewolf by Midnight I would definitely pull that in yeah to that rotation of like okay it's Halloween I'm gonna watch this it's a Marvel movie like it's you know that's but somehow Doctor Strange the uh, the sec the, the Doctor Strange sequel is just not gonna be your rotation I don't know why I don't like it so much but yeah. I just don't <laughs> like and I really wanted to. Like like Wanda and everything. I know I've sh- I know I've sh- I would watch WandaVision in that rotation. So I I, I know the part of it when we watched it was you're like I don't think I'm a Sam Raimi person. I know I've showed you at least one of the Evil Dead's. I don't know if I remember it's the first or second one in Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Did you like either of those? I liked them. Yeah. Uh, the first Evil Dead, obviously, like tree rape is a problem for me. For sure. So like, nope, that's very that that was kind of like I like how they handled it with the musical. Yeah, like, it's still there, but it's it's absolutely so goofy that it's right. played for laughs. Well, and it's like I I had this conversation with Alex too because Alex is into more horror porn. Okay, I am not, and for her, like she doesn't like Friday the Thirteenth doesn't like any of those movies and I'm like I think there's also a a disconnect in how old the movie is with me maybe for those like Army of Darkness awesome hilarious movie but it's funny that was yeah that's what I was thinking is that like out of any of them 
I, I don't remember you legitimately being like, Army of Darkness was badass. Yeah, no. I would but, like, it was, I, mean, I would watch it again, but, like, I honestly don't remember a ton of it either. Yeah. I have to watch something a couple times to really retain it. Right. And so I haven't watched them over and over again. I distinctly do remember, though, being, like, with Evil Dead, it's, like, it's good, and I definitely understand why it's there. And yeah. I wouldn't object to watching it, but I would probably like walk out of the room when the rape thing's going to happen or something. Understandable. I'm like, I don't need to watch Under- that. And and you can tell that even Sam Raimi is like, maybe I crossed the line I shouldn't have because the tree rape is, I don't think is even in the second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like there's that. Um, I'm trying to think there was another, the, the movie I always keep forgetting the name of where they kind of do the same thing where they go to a cabin and yeah. then it ends up turn the cabin in the woods or it's something. literally cabin in the woods where it's the basement has all the items in it yes that they can choose from exactly yep. so like that one was great i would definitely watch that again but there's definitely there's some connective tissue in those movies that don't equal what i have on the other side of the stuff that i normally want yeah so it's like we've watched uh, some of the conjurings and paranormal activities mm-hmm. and stuff and you're like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, like it's fine. It's whatever. It was, it was entertaining. I'm not going to crazy watch it again. I think that's I'm why. I'm definitely not going to watch Annabelle. Fuck dolls. <laughs> I got a thing about dolls. I don't like movies with creepy dolls. I, th- so, I like that's it w- Chucky kind of screwed me up as a kid. Um, it was on TV, so I probably didn't even see the real yeah. version. I saw the censored version. And that was enough for me to take the American Girl doll that I had at seven years old and bury it under everything in my closet. <laughs> and it did not come out until I was like 18. The part of the first child's play that disturbed me is he stabs a guy through a car seat because mm-hmm. he's so small. He fits right on the car seat and he just starts stabbing him and stabs him in like the taint and the yeah. box and everything. And I was like, I, I, every, I would check under car seats. But I'd get into cars I didn't know all the time. I'd just take a quick glance into there because I don't know if there's a little man that's going to stab me in the in the balls. Well, that's another like thing about horror movies in general and stuff like that is like the suspense factor and some of the stuff. It does create that reaction to you, no matter if you're you're a, a child, a teenager, in your twenties, whatever. I saw Woman in Black, which is the redo of the original yeah with harry potter yeah daniel radcliffe in it as the main character and like after watching that movie i used to i moved into the basement at one point due to one of those dreams that i had where i got attacked i could not sleep in that room ever again so i moved down into the basement and when i came home for the next two weeks of that after seeing that movie I would literally run down the stairs and turn on the light. Oh, I used to have that as a kid. I would not handle the dark because yep. like the way that it worked was when you came down the stairs, you would either go into the area, which was laundry and storage, or you would go into my side, which was my essentially my apartment down yeah. there. And when I did that, I would literally bolt down the stairs because I would have to shut the light off at the top of the stairs and then go into my room. I'm glad I was a grown man, a grown ass man when uh, we moved into my mom's last yeah. house uh, because I also lived in the basement. But like the light switch for the main room was across the basement. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, you would turn on the lights to come down the stairs. and You'd have a little bit of light there so you could go across the basement to turn the light. On. But who puts the light switch for the basement in the middle of the basement? Yeah, that's messed up. Another one that did cause that reaction to me was watching Dexter. So, like, loved Dexter up till a certain point, and then I stopped watching him. Yes. Point. As soon as he kills John Lithgow, the show is over. Yeah. But 
I am terrified of the Trinity Killer. Not only is it John Lithgow, who I've never seen be evil. Yeah. Horrifying. So good. Like, the the if you have not watched Dexter by this point, and I'm spoiling this for you. Yeah, we already- This is your problem. Giving you two spoilers oh, for it, but it's but, still fucking good. Uh, her dying in the bathtub with yep. the blood. I was just like, I can't. I I can't sleep. Show's over. And so, like, with that, like, I stopped watching it at that point because I started getting too creeped out to be by myself down there. Yeah. And I was like, mm, yeah, nope, I'm done with this show. And then I just didn't go any further. And I'm really glad because I did not need to see just that guy with a wig trying to make him a teenager. Yeah. It's, it's silly. It's very silly. It's like... <laughs> you fellow kids. It's like John C. Reilly and Walk Hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff like that. So, um... But there were a lot of different things that had suspense elements or even even with some of the Breaking Bad episodes would go there. Yeah. Like, you know, killing somebody and then having to dissolve them in acid. And oh, sure. Through the tub. Like, <laughs> the tub. Uh, all that shit. Uh, I forgot about looking up me. through the hole. <laughs> yep. Yep. And like at one point it has Jesse Plemons in it and then like they kill somebody and roll him in a rug. Yep. And they're like carrying him and stuff like that. So there's like... Stuff like that have been interesting to me over time. Um, and it's just like, I, I've just always been a spooky bitch. I don't know. Which is funny because like you, once again, like it's not that you like horror. It's that you like horror elements in your stories. Yes. And and, and even in music and stuff. Like, yeah. But you don't like. I brought up my chemical romance early. You're not a huge Ice Nine Kills fan. You're not, no. you know, seeking out the new horror movies every time they come out or seeing a preview and going, oh, I gotta see. Right. Yeah. Like, I I couldn't tell you anything about any, like, Friday the 13th uh, or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or any of those right. where, like, where people have, like, a Mount Rushmore of horror. Yeah. It's like these four horror icons or whatever. I'm not that person. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is fascinating. I saw it a few years ago, and it's fascinating because when you think the movie is over, it's really only the first act. Yeah. Like, there are still two full acts of movie mm-hmm. to happen when you think, oh, I've seen the whole thing. Well, this was a quick movie. <laughs> it's not over. Well, and even you've seen how I react to certain things, like Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Like, I think that movie is great. Yeah. I could do without the ear in the pudding. Right. Like, that movie pretty much ticks all your boxes. It's funny, but spooky. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so so you're- like, in, I wouldn't watch that one over and over again, but I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. For whatever reason. Like, it just sort of happens, and I'm like, It's yeah, one of those movies I like to expose myself to every couple of years, mm-hmm. just to see if it still icks me. Yeah. In the way it did. And, and like, every time I watch it- I'm a little less icked out by it because I kind of know what's coming and it's not as bad as my what my memory told me it was. Yeah. Like in your mind, you're like, oh, it's this horrible thing. And then you're watching it, it's like, uh, it's pretty bad, but that ear is so fake. Yeah. I mean, the ear is absolutely fake, but it's like stuff like that or like when I think there, I think it's in this or it's just in some horror movies in general or zombie movies where it's like when somebody gets bitten and there's a bunch of stringy stuff. Yeah. Off of their head. That always gives me the ick. Yeah. It's a texture thing, though. Oh, sure. Like, I am really surprised I didn't have as much of a problem with Vecna because of how he was designed. For sure. Just basically liquid tentacle. Yeah. Like, it's gross, but it's not like he's not bleeding necessarily. It's so funny, you Stranger Things people calling your your villain Vecna as a a 
kid that grew up with Dungeons oh, yeah. and Dragons. Well, I mean, that's the whole element with it is they call him Vecna because of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. They the whole series is is el- implementing these Dungeons and Dragons. There was they did Emma what, Gorgon season so far. They're gonna yeah. be five. I wonder at some point if they stopped paying TSR and TSR or not TSR, but Wizards of the Coast is the one that owned Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. It used to be TSR, but at some point, like around like I don't know, season two or three, it should have went from we will pay you licensing fees to use names out of your books to we will pay you to use more license more things out of our books because Stranger Things fans are buying Dungeons and Dragons books now. Right, I think that you still have to probably do a licensing agreement between sure. the two of those. But they probably, it's beneficial for them to sign them because they are getting yeah. people that are getting into Dungeons and Dragons because of Stranger Things. And then you see, like, they they fight, they made a Dungeons and Dragons movie and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. And honestly, they've put out, I think they put out a Dungeons and Dragons Stranger Things set. They have. At some point, too. So have. that was also a thing. Yep. But it's like with all of that stuff, it's like, you know, you'd think I would be more icked out by that character and I'm not but the if you listen to I don't listen to it with headphones for a specific reason it's the noises of the squelching I uh, do it so like that's why it's on my iPad out loud yeah because if I have it in my ears I'm like oh that sounds so wet like ew gross like anything that sounds wet and squelchy I'm like oh can't do it stop mm. ah. <laughs> this podcast sounds wet and squelchy now yeah yeah so I don't know. I've kind of been just rambling about spooky things, but... You like Halloween. Yeah, I just really like like Halloween. Does candy factor into it at all? Not really. I mean, when I was a kid, absolutely. I was really obsessed. Really, at this point, the only candy that you see me get is... I'm a sucker for pumpkins. Those are Reese's pumpkins. Reese's pumpkins. The ones you hit me in the collarbone with. Yeah, exactly. I had bought a pack of Reese's pumpkins and had them in the kitchen and was like, yes, Reese's pumpkins are my jam. But like I don't, I don't miss the trick or treating thing. I don't eh. like any of that, and I can understand now why parents are afraid of things being in it. I would rather just get dressed up and party. Yeah, like have a good time with my friends. You, I was gonna say, when you say get dressed up and party, what what does party entail? I mean, like we had one didn't we had one halloween party here before we did and you said we could never have another one for reasons we won't go into yeah well he's not invited anymore so it's fine yeah um but with that like i like getting dressed up i like playing video games with people i like you know talking and hanging out with people putting on a movie i know at one point we had a halloween party when i was a teenager like no i was older than a teenager i was like still 19 or 20 but we had a Halloween party at Andy's at one point, and Andy's parents were loaded. So, like, they had a really nice house and, like, a huge TV and stuff like that. So we watched uh, 1921, I think it's called, or 1923. It's Samuel Jackson and um, John Cusack. Okay. And literally, Sam oh, Jackson is only in that movie to say it's an evil fucking room. It's the Stephen room King is haunted movie about the haunted uh, hotel room. Yes, John Cusack is a writer that goes into it so he can get inspiration. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's called 1921. I think you're right. It's somewhere in that general vein. 1408. Uh, That's the one. 1408. So Thank you, Doctor. With TC. With that one, like I, I liked that movie, but like. Emily had watched it before. Okay. So she screamed before the scary parts would happen. <laughs> That's... It would, watching movies with Emily is the worst. 
Like, Emily, if you ever hear this, I love you. You know I do. But, like, anytime we ever watched a horror movie, she would just, like, scream bloody murder. But, like, that one in particular was hilarious because she scared me so bad because she screamed before the Before a thing even happened. I literally... My body convulsed in a way where I swung my hand backwards and I slapped my boyfriend in the face. <laughs> and then I just looked at her and I'm like, why are you screaming? She goes, I thought the scary part was coming. And I was like... I cannot watch this with you. <laughs> I, I need someone who uh, who used to like try, who used to enjoy jumping out from like around a corner and go, bah. Yeah. Uh, and I had to tell her to stop doing that because when you scared me, my first instinct was to take a swing at you. Yes. It's like, what, the, um, do. was it Scream? There's a, there's a friggin' movie where somebody scares somebody and their first thing is they just go, boom, and drill them right in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had reactions like that before. And that's like, the way I used to. You've gotten better at play startling me. Yeah. Because like there have been times before where I've swung on people. One time I sprayed someone in the face with Lysol because Ooh. I was working at a gym and yeah. it scared me in the, in the auxiliary closet and I was filling the Lysol bottle. Yep. He and turned, I around, turned and... around and fucking lit him up with Lysol. <laughs> and he was like, what are you doing? And I said, why are you trying to scare me? <laughs> and he never did it again after that. But your Emily story is funny because when I saw Constantine in the theater, that was the experience I had. Yeah. It wasn't that they screamed before the thing happened. It's that they had no instinct for when the thing was going to happen. Like you watch enough scary movies and you can kind of, you can hear the sound uh-huh. go up. And you can see the slow zoom happening. I'm like, oh, a thing is about to happen. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's going to hit the minute I'm not expecting it, but I know a thing is about to happen and it's going to be funny. And every time one of those things happened, it got seen this lady in front of us with her husband would be, ah! and it just made us laugh. Oh, yeah. I, um, to the point that when you, when once again, she had no instinct for it. So when I knew a thing was coming, I would start giggling because I knew she was about to scream. <laughs> And that's why I giggle. That's why I laugh when I get scared now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that's another thing, too, to point out is, so haunted houses. I don't really go to haunted houses either, Mm -hmm. but it's not because I'm afraid of haunted houses. It's because I laugh at everyone. (laughs) Right, which there's not looking for. Not what they're looking for. So it became a thing at one point where when we would go down to uh, Six Flags. Yeah. Or, or no, Cedar Point. Cedar Point for their the weekends. Stuff, yeah. Anytime we went in a haunted house, I got put in the front because I would just laugh at people yep. instead of getting scared. And so we walked through a whole haunted house. It was like a medical one where there were like nurses and doctors and tables and disemboweled bodies and all this other stuff. And we're just walking through and people are trying to get my face and be creepy and I'm just like you know no big deal or whatever so we get towards close to the end and once again Emily is the offender here is that she thinks we're good so yeah. she goes in front of me and there is someone it's in just a one wheelchair more. dressed up and she thought it was just a, a dummy yeah and then it moved. it started rolling at her <laughs> screen bloody murder and went running out of the haunted house there were also people that do they they do the knee skates. Yeah. And so she kept getting freaked out when we were in the streets because somebody would knee skate at her and she'd run behind me and use me as a shield. Right. And I'm laughing my ass off. The only man that got me in the entire duration of when we were there was he was bungeed to a tree and we were walking through one of the night walks going through the woods. Yeah. It's like 
it's in like the pirate area. And so like, you're walking through there and they're kind of creepy pirate stuff or whatever. And he just flew out from the tree and you have to startle me. It's not that you have to be scary. It's you have to catch me off guard. Yeah. And I'm normally not very off guard either, which is the other thing. Very like vigilant of my surroundings. So he scared me jumping out of this tree and I yelled back to him. Hey, man, you were the only one that scared me today and heard him go from the tree. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I don't typically go to haunted houses. Like, I've never been to Erebus. I've never done any of that. I only did. It's just never a thing. I only did a haunted house once and I didn't want to be there in the first place. And I wasn't into horror stuff yet. And once again, they just like you, they put me in the front and I just went real slow. So that people couldn't jump out at me. Yeah. So I would be very aware of my surroundings. Even in the dark, I'd be very aware of my surroundings the whole time. And it just pissed the people off that were working at the haunted house. Like they had a Michael Myers that just like, they, it was one of those haunted houses where they couldn't touch you. So yeah. he just followed us like breathing down our necks. I'm like, I know you're there, jackass. Yeah. And you're not going to make me go faster. I'm kind of glad that they can't touch you now. There are. There used to be places where they could. I was going to say there are haunted houses. Like, I think Erebus is. in a waiver. I think Erebus is one of those haunted houses where they're allowed to touch you. And I don't I don't need that because I'm not I'm not supposed to touch you. I don't even like people touching me, period. I feel right. like if you touched me, I'd swing. Right. And that's why you have to sign the thing saying yeah. you won't do that or that you're not liable. Like, that's my bodily reaction. If somebody puts their hands on me and they're not supposed to touch me, I swing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if I know you, don't know you. You could be my coworker. You could be a DJ on the radio and I will swing at you. I like I like the haunted, <laughs> I, like the, the, I like the spooky movies because if it's too much, I can just turn it off. Exactly. So you get in the middle of a haunted house and it's too much and like you still got a whole haunted house to go through. This is bullshit. Yeah. So like for me, it's it's that it's knowing that it's fake. So it's not like once again, it's like you have to like either touch me or startle me to actually scare me. But it's not that I'm scared. It's that I'm startled. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't do a lot of that. I would rather go to an abandoned building and not know what's around the corner. I know that sounds freaky. It does sound. Like, I, can't, I can't believe you haven't punched homeless people I don't because they startled you. See, I don't run into anybody. The only time I've ever run into people in a building have been people that are like spray painting the building. That's what I mean. Like somebody with a spray paint can comes around a corner. I'm surprised you haven't clocked somebody. Somebody did tell me they ran into somebody once in a church and uh, that particular homeless person was living in the church and they offered to get them something from the store because he was leaving and coming back uh-huh he was like hey i'm going up to the liquor store you guys want anything <laughs> no we're good and he's like okay i'll be back don't get freaked out if you hear me coming back though <laughs> i mean i would have just given the guy like five or ten bucks and and keep it like <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd have been like hey can you get me this and then I would not I would have left before he came back yeah I'd just feel like here dude yeah have a have a Mountain Dew have something you know about me but like get that's a sandwich I I would rather be in an element where things are actually real I guess is it <laughs> but like, I don't like it when the scares are fake if I'm gonna meet something if I'm gonna meet a demon they better be a real demon <laughs> Amy I, Cooper I know it doesn't make sense okay but like <laughs> you know when I when I go into abandoned buildings and stuff I'm looking for like reminders of what used to be yeah and so like that is more interesting to me than paying 50 or 60 dollars to walk through Erebus right sorry to the people of Erebus I don't want to I don't want to see your your projection ghost I want to make my own with a Ouija board at home Amy Cooper this is why I'm not allowed to have no you're not a you're not Ouija board oh 
Not even a serving tray that looks like a Ouija board. I feel like I missed out on a lot, too, because as a kid, I was a scaredy cat. So, like, yeah. even the movies that were supposed to be funny, like the remake of The Twilight Zone, uh, it's got Dan Aykroyd in it. I've watched it since as an adult, and it's fantastic. But there's a whole section where there's a kid with psychic powers and the family is trapped in the house mm-hmm. because whenever the kid is angry, just, you know, he can do terrible things to him. And he brings the Tasmanian devil to life from, like, the Warner Brothers cartoons because it's a Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> and there's this animatronic a Tasmanian devil, and it's terrified the shit out of me as a, as a like, seven-year-old. Yeah, no. There's certain things that, like, I obviously didn't watch, like the gory horror movies or whatever and I was I've brought it up before a couple times but like I wasn't allowed to watch certain things yeah so like for the longest time if I saw something like the craft practical magic it was at somebody else's oh for sure and so I would go watch it with them and then I would be interested in this stuff but like from the get if we want to blame something it probably is Nightmare Before Christmas yeah because I feel like that's the first thing that I remember seeing that was inherently creepy that I really liked. And immediately my mom tried to take it away from me. And inadvertently, I think that's what caused That's this. what made you go, I'm going even harder into that. Exactly. Which is funny because like when my parents would take something away from me, I'd be like, all right, well, there's a million other things I could be doing. It's yeah, fine. no, I, I it's, it's like with Lou, the cat. Yeah. Um, if you tried to tell him no. He just it goes just harder. goes harder in it. He just that's, wants it more. That that is kind of how this worked in terms of what I was consuming in media, and it was like then I went through the Harry Potter phase. Like, yeah, uh, that's something I've kind of left out of this conversation overall. But like the Harry Potter phase was uh, from the time I was in second grade all the way through me blowing up. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh. I made you feel old again. I was a full-grown adult when the first Harry Potter book came out. Yep. Yep. And I was in second grade. (laughs) My teacher at my school actually read it to us. Can we not have any more of this conversation? (laughs) Because now I'm getting scared. Well, we'll talk about Harry Potter just because of all the elements that are in that. And... Oh, sure. Then translation to where you see some of the um, stuff come from, I'm... I really love the lore podcast by Aaron Mankey. Mm. And the reason I like it is because of the fact that he goes into these deep dives about specific things in lore. One of the episodes I listened to the other day was about a basilisk. And that is the main thing that Harry has to fight in the second Harry Potter movie. And so, like, you start to, as you're listening to all of these things that have been documented lore over time, talking about basilisks, hippogriffs, all these different things were actually things that were like in a encyclopedia of beasts that people would document, whether it was like serpents or narwhals and all these. Oh, for sure. So you see those things now in media that people are drawing inspiration from. And there's a lot of that stuff that you can tie back to. That's the, that's the thing. When you're a kid, you don't think about this. But as an adult, you have to realize that any, uh, any, any type of idea that comes up somebody is more than likely already had and the one that you're seeing is drawing off the inspiration of the previous one correct so it's the kind of thing where um i i can't draw a direct line between like hp lovecraft and anything but you will see stuff where like a monster is so horrifying that it's unknowable and that is absolutely the cthulhu mythos of hp lovecraft yeah is you see the thing and it drives you insane because 
you're not supposed to know that exists. But it makes you wonder if H.P. Lovecraft got it from somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, what, what, what was the, where, where was his inspiration? The, the even smaller that. That's why when people have egos about something where they're like, that was my idea. I'm kind of like, hmm. Was it though? Yeah, even even if there's not something I can directly draw a line to, that's like, well, you're just you're just improving on or taking off of this idea. Yeah, like it's a combination of you saw or heard or experienced a combination of things that led you to said idea. Yeah, I mean, if you even if you even pull it apart, like think about what we do in the shadows. You've got vampires. That's definitely like Dracula and yep. backward. Um, you've got Laszlo turning into a bat. That's definitely within the mythos of those things. Oh, all the stuff you see that is... Werewolves, all of those different things, but then you have werewolves and Twilight, and those are vampires. It's all part of the same vein, but you're pulling it from different areas. And yeah, I think you could you could draw that directly, too, when the Universal Monsters movies were coming out mm-hmm. in, what, like the 50s? Yeah. Um, and, you know, eventually they... It's it's just like your comic books. Eventually you want to see the Wolfman and, and Dracula in the same movie. Exactly. You see, you see... Who who's cooler? Yeah. You know, see the creature from the Black Lagoon and the Mummy, and then in the eighties we got the Monster Squad. So we got all of them. Yeah, and we found out Wolfman has an art. And then at one point you have those characters then show up in like a Goof Troop Halloween special. Yep, and it's all of those characters: Loch Ness Monster, Dracula, all that stuff. But then you hear it in music; it transfers over to the Monster Mash. Yep, your different ideations of that. And all the spooky songs that exist out there, which, like, we're going very deep into time here, but, like, just there's so much music that comes from those things as well. Oh, yeah, the, the, the whole Misfits catalog is about some of those great 50s horror movies. Exactly, and y- you have that, you, if you look at, I, I know I brought up My Chemical Romance before, but, like, there's one song called Cemetery Gates talking about hanging out in a cemetery with your love, like, different things that you pull from these things or like thank you for the venom or vampires will never hurt you those are all things my chemical romance base that have horror tropes in it now i feel like the reason why i haven't fell down the rabbit hole of ice nine kills is because of the fact that all the subject matter is things that i it's expressly horror movies expressly horror movies there's not something i can relate to with it you know certain stuff like that and so for me i liked seeing it i liked photographing them i got to photograph them this year at upheaval very theatrical spencer charnas is a theater kid inside and oh, yeah. is obsessed with all of this stuff and he brings it to life on a stage and it's very cool but like i feel like i can only listen to that around halloween it doesn't feel yeah. something i can consume on a daily it feels, basis it feels weird in the middle of summer to be listening to is you know yeah exactly like talking about american psycho and all this other stuff even though american psycho is technically not a halloween movie it is no but it counts as a horror true. movie yeah. yeah so like with all that you know there's certain stuff that i do like but i have i've continuously curated an un uh unconventional halloween playlist every year I usually put it out in the beginning of the year, but it's or the beginning of the month, but it's kind of been a mess. But I go through and I find songs that aren't explicitly Halloween songs and add them to a master list, and that is my Halloween soundtrack. So you've got your Rob Zombie with all of his stuff. You've got, I think I do have like um, certain ones like Werewolf Woman of the SS and things like that in right. there because they're more spooky than it is wild the other that- ones. It is wild that I think that is the only one of the trailers from 
uh, Grindhouse that didn't get a full movie yet. Yeah. The the Thanksgiving movie is coming out this year. <laughs> uh, oh, well, no, there's that and there's um, uh, uh, the guy who does Scott Pilgrim. What's that director's name? It's escaping me. Uh, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Edgar Wright's Don't hasn't come out because mm-hmm. he had a little trailer. Have you ever seen the... Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, we should watch that. Gonna... Who's this thing for Grindhouse I've seen is fucking Blood Drive. Like yeah, no, we should watch the we should watch the Grindhouse double feature movie because it's it's spectacular in that there's going to be so many faces that you're like, oh, I know who that is, especially now. Right. Nowadays, there's so many people that you've seen in other stuff. That you're like, oh, shit, it's them. I was talking to somebody and they were like, yeah, you like people don't really like Rob Zombie's movies, but they're worth watching at least once. And I'm like. Yeah, they're fine. I'm like, I'm like, for me being somebody that likes Rob Zombie, I feel like I probably should at some point watch them. But I've only seen a few, and and they're very. Uh, he, he leans very much into making them so over the top mm-hmm. that you're more you're more having a good time than being scared of what's going on. That's probably something I would like. So versus- it's not, but it's not comedy, right? It's like it's a horror movie, but it's so over the top with either the gore effects or the subject matter or just the acting is so over the top mm-hmm. that it's just like I guess I guess it's a good time. I, I definitely will be excited to see the one that they were working on, um the the monster thing. Oh that Netflix monsters thing? Yeah. Oh that yeah that's out. Is that out? That, that exists. Yeah, I need to see if I can watch that at some point because I mean I'd seen posts about it but I didn't know when it was coming out necessarily. But those are definitely some I have on my list of things to watch and I'm sure there's tons of things that I should see. Yeah, like we could we could just talk about this next week too. I know there's so <laughs> many things that we could talk about when it comes to it, but really what it all boils down to is I'm just a spooky bitch. If you say so. And I'm fine with that. You know, in my own way. Yeah. I can validate my own spooky bitchness. Right. In my own way. No, if you're enjoying it, then that's what counts. Exactly. You're a really big fan of it. Exactly. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we've got our serotonin boost and I can finally have my my, uh, pineapple juice. (laughs) I've been thinking about it. I'll show. fan podcast as always you can follow us it's 40 minutes into the podcast and i'm plugging the socials now you can find us on social media at a really big fan pod it's where you can find us on twitch as well uh wednesday nights around seven and uh you can watch us record the show live for those of you listening to it podcast wise and of course we always ask that you uh subscribe to our patreon because that's where you get not only this show but the really big fan pod double feature the movie review show that i do with uh mike pandoff i just talked to him today we're going to do the next one our first uh, Halloween show of, of two, because we do it every other week. Yeah. So our first of two is coming up, and it's going to be uh, Scream and uh, Fallen. Yeah. yeah. We just rewatched Fallen, and I love that movie. It's Great movie. so fucking good. Great movie. John Goodman is a national treasure. He really is. He re- He's definitely, we can make a list of, of actors that are national treasures. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is on that list. Because uh, he's not from here doesn't matter he's a national treasure it's, it's basically are you happy that you are alive at a time where this person is alive is live and in movies yes is is definitely i think john c Riley should be up for national oh treasure yeah dumb. definitely definitely he's done great stuff yeah but that's not what we're here to talk about now we're here to finish up the show by giving us or giving you our serotonin boost amy what you got for me this week oh i'm going first 
Am I going first? You go first. All right, I'll go first. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I uh, was lucky enough to score a physical copy of the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters for the Nintendo Switch. One of the local shops has been importing them because they are very, very hard to get uh, the, the English copies of. But the import copy comes in English. Yeah. And then you can just put it into a whole bunch of different languages anyways. Uh, it is the first six Final Fantasy games redone with, uh, uh, like, the original. It's got the original soundtracks, but then it's got, like, the uh, the updated soundtracks with actual instruments, which is very cool. Uh, and the, the graphics for the first three, which were on the Nintendo Entertainment System, are updated to, like, 16-bit versions of the graphics. Nice. And then the, the other ones have some updated stuff. Uh, I've only played through... A little bit of Final Fantasy One and booted up the other games, uh, but it has so many great uh, quality of life improvements in it. To the point I was telling you in the original Final Fantasy game, because it was a turn-based combat system, you would choose which one of your party members would attack which of the enemies. And if you chose two party members to attack the same enemy and the first one killed it, the second one would just swing on the dead body <laughs> instead of going to the next one, which is the way Final Fantasy and all JRPGs have gone Ever since. <laughs> Ever since that, well, actually, I think a couple of Dragon Warriors on the NES had the same problem where, like, I'd, I would always just picture, like, my fighter would slay an ogre, and then, like, the mage would cast fire on the ogre's corpse <laughs> and set it on fire. Like, while it's funny, it is not helping. <laughs> that is not necessary. Not necessary. Already dead. Already dead. <laughs> but uh, it's great that they improved that. You also, uh, you can increase how much experience and gold you're getting. Mm. Uh, you can make it times 1.5, times 2, or times 4 if you really want to be cruising through this game, <laughs> which I am looking forward to with, like, three of the Final Fantasies that I have either played before and and weren't as big a fan of mm -hmm. or uh or have not played before because they were too damn hard <laughs> the original you know uh versions on the nest of the super nest so um yeah i i think it's i was i was hesitant because it's like i think it was 90 bucks mm -hmm. and like games are they've already jumped games up to like 70 yeah and so for the for the new systems like i'm used to paying somewhere between like 20 and 60 bucks for a game um but it, it was worth it. Yeah. It's super worth it. I was actually going to hold on to it until Christmas, but I wanted to boot it up and see how it worked and make sure it worked. And then like four hours later, I was like, well, there's no reason to like wait to play the rest They're of this really until Christmas. Now I might as well just put this on the shelf and play it when I want to. Yeah. This is a thing that he does, by the way. I don't know if we went over this before on any other episode of the podcast, but he will buy presents for himself for Christmas and then wait to use them. And I don't understand that. If I'm buying a thing, I'm just using it right that in there when december rolls around anything i buy from the beginning of december till christmas i don't know if, whether it's a toy or a video game or something like that i set things aside for christmas so i can have a big christmas full of stuff i want mm -hmm. no i get it and like i don't have to ask people to get me stuff i want i don't have to like no I'll get all the stuff I wanted and then it'll be right there and I'll wake up Christmas morning and I'll have new Transformers to play with and I have some Ninja Turtles and I'll have video games. It's fun. Are you going to open all the turtles on Christmas? And, uh, I've been opening them one at a time. As, as no, I meant like the, the two that are still in the package or are you going to keep those in the package? I don't know what to do with those, honestly. I love those guys, though. Yeah. We got the ones that have the little turtles. In yeah, it. like the babies from the new Ninja Turtles movie. They're hilarious because Raph is so fat. He's so budgy. He's so cute. <laughs> and Donnie's glasses are huge. Yep. It's adorable. So. <laughs> it's fun stuff. 
I've been ruminating while you've been talking and while I've been buying you time. Yeah. And I, I literally like I keep trying to come up with cool, interesting things that people can try or yeah. can do. And I literally my life is just a series of shit that I do. It's <laughs> not I literally don't have any cool medium of things to offer anyone. Well, I mean, so we like literally the only thing I could say is we got an anti ghost for the show. And that is and great. It's exciting. And anti ghost is a local band. But they're fucking phenomenal. They're fantastic. Uh, they played the Cutthroat Freak Show that myself and Randy put together at um, Detroit Shipping Company a couple of years ago. Yep. And at some point, I was looking down at my camera, and a guitar ended up on my shoes. Somebody just threw their guitar and landed on my shoes, and then I just looked up and I was like, "I love these guys." <laughs> See, we Drizzle played that show. I think yeah. that was one of the last shows Drizzle played. Mm. Uh, and I remember they started playing, and somewhere with, by the second song, I was like, I feel like I'm watching Nirvana uh-huh. all over again. This is fantastic. Like, the guy is screaming. Uh, some of the choruses are pretty catchy. Uh, he's beating the shit out of his guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are great. Yep. These guys, I remember, it must not have been you. It must have, maybe it was Shawnee that I was like, are you seeing this? These guys are great. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, it was probably Sean. It was either Sean or Libby. Yeah. Libby was really into him too. And I I wasn't sure because I had like checked with a couple other people too. I had like tried to see if I could get bathroom on the docket. They couldn't do it. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, the anti-ghost guys don't really know me, but I can try. Oh, you can. And I asked and they said yes. So like they're headlining the rock stage for us and that's super exciting. And so like for me, I'm just kind of like my brain is completely on showtime. Like every waking moment that I'm not doing something for somebody else as a job, I'm thinking about this show. So that's where my brain is right now. But if yeah, if you can make it to the show, come and hang out and see some cool music because we've got a bunch of cool people, not just anti-ghosts on the stage, but they're definitely a awesome band that you should check out, especially if you like punk music and Nirvana. Got some acoustic sets going down on the Leaf and Bud stage. You have a whole rap stage curated by Kilo from Rap Camp, and that's going to be awesome. It's bringing in Crimson Alchemist, who is amazing. I love her. She actually moved out of state, so she's coming home for this. Ooh, nice. Awesome. And then my my girl's on the electronic stage. I've got Coral up there, who you guys have probably seen a bunch on my Instagram. Uh, we've got Cass on there, who I actually, her first show was a found in the underground. Nice. So this is kind of a, a full circle moment for her. Yeah, Rady Lex and DJ Hemlock, who DJ Hemlock used to cut my hair. So I'm super <laughs> jazzed to see her again. And they're all friends. So awesome. Full stage of friends right there doing their thing. So I'm really excited about that and all the artists and stuff like that. But that's definitely where my brain is right now is just being jazzed about all of that and getting to be spooky with people. So come to fight you. Not fight you. Or I'll fight you. F-I-T-U. No. People are going to think it's called fight you and I'm not cool with it, man. <laughs> it's not fight you. Where where can people look this stuff up on the internet? You can go to acronymis.com slash F-I-T-U fest. That's where everything is. If you search found in the underground, it'll come up. There are early bird tickets online for fi- uh, 13 bucks on Eventbrite, and then they're 15 at the door, and you'll be paying this man at least for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. So come and pay this man. <laughs> so that's so I can give her the money. Yes. <laughs> so I can pay everyone else. Right. 
Congratulations on the serotonin. Congratulations on the serotonin. We'll check you guys out next week for another really big fan podcast. So Dr. GTC asked, which book was your first, Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone? Uh, Sorcerer's Stone, because I've only lived in Michigan my whole life, unfortunately. Uh, oh, so it's the same book, but it one is... One is Canadian and one is not. Yeah. I see. Um, they have a lot of that. I think there was like a different title in the UK, too. Where was that Philosopher's Stone? They, they have a bunch of edits to the Canadian edits to the Harry Potter franchise. I don't think that they say sorry or anything like that, if that's what you're referring <laughs> Harry Potter and the haunted Tim Hortons. Yeah. <laughs>